Joyride podcast. John is my name. Uh, and he is my name. And uh, we're back for like, you know, we're almost like only fools and horses in the sort of early 90s now, aren't we? We just come back for the specials. (laughs) Come back for a special. I mean, we should really be in Florida or something. Or, Mm. but um, what's the special we're celebrating? What are we celebrating? (laughs) I think we're just, what, what we're celebrating is the end of summer. That's what we're celebrating. Do you celebrate that or do you, do you sort of commiserate that? I'm not sure. Um, Acknowledge it. I think so. Because, I mean, what, what, what we're about to start having is we're about to go into party conference season. The oh, football God. season started again. Um, dark nights are coming in. <laughs> good television's back. You know, all these kind of things. That's what, well, good, what, what good television are you looking forward to? Well, I mean, I'm cheating a little bit by saying this, is that only only Murders in the Building is back. Right. I mean, that's not really a winter thing, I'm, I'm acknowledging. But um, yeah. also, have you seen, and, and I wanted to talk about this on, on, on the podcast today, um, I don't think we've spoken about it before, because I don't think I'd seen it the last time we spoke, but have you seen the television programme Annika? No... I am aware of its existence. That's the Nicola Walker show, isn't it? The Nicola Walker show. It's on Alibi slash Now TV. Um, the first series, I think, is on iPlayer, um, BBC iPlayer. Is it not and like some of it filmed in Largs? Some of it's filmed in Largs. Most of it's filmed in Greenock or in Glasgow. Yeah. Uh, very, very recognisable locations. Um, and also, uh, wonderfully, Nicola Walker just talks to the camera for large yeah, I see that in the trailer the quite a lot. Is that good or is that annoying? No, it's really, really good. She basically frames the show within some narrative device. Like it, the last one I watched was Jekyll and Hyde. Um, and that was kind of running through the entire show and she just keeps on talking to the camera. Because she's so good, mm-hmm. Nicola Walker, with a lesser actress, it would have been, you know, very, very tiresome. But she's quite very compelling, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yes, two thumbs up for that. Um uh, but just in general, if you, I got the Radio Times this week, as I want to do, and it's got the 25 best dramas this autumn. And some Sorry, wait a minute. You buy a, phys- you buy a physical copy of the Radio Times? Yes. Sorry, are you my mum at Christmas in 1992? <laughs> <laughs> the Radio Times is a great thing to have. Oh God, I didn't know it's still a thing. I thought it was just at Christmas now you got TV Times and Radio. Does it encompass everything now? Because remember, we used to get Radio Times and TV Times. Yes, yes, yes. It encompasses everything, including streaming. Which wow. is uh, which is good because one of the things is th- this is the thing that I was kind of saying to you is that you know you've kind of heard of Annika but not what you know not necessarily on on top of it and and I think the thing with the Radio Times is you kind of just get um, an overview of what's actually happening with television right you know rather than just what's on Netflix or right. Disney Plus you know because like I really can't couldn't care less about the next Star Wars show or whatever um i know i don't know if have you seen ahsoka i have i've watched it twice the first two episodes and i'm sure is it good it's the best star wars i've seen this century best Which, star you think wars about... you've seen this century that's well, a you bold think, claim think about the star wars we've seen this century well yeah that's true 
you're actually think what you're, you're comparing <laughs> it to Attack of the Clones. <laughs> I started out bold with my mockery of such a statement, and then gradually, I, I said, I said that to someone. They were like, "Wow, that's quite a claim." I was like, "Think about Star Wars this century. You know, the original. Forget the original trilogy. Think about what we've had this century." Mm. Yeah, no, I I really like Ahsoka so far. Well, that's that's good. I mean, I'm unlikely to watch, but um... no, you'll you'll you hate it. I don't think you. I actually think you probably enjoy it, but I just it's just not for you. Well, what I was thinking this this morning was I was listening to a, a, another podcast, which was obviously clearly I was trying it out, and it was a very you know kind of science fictiony. You know, I would like to say geeky, but now you know geeks have taken over the world, and you're no longer a geek if you like Marvel movies and no. you know Transformers and stuff. That does not make you a geek. And I was just kind of listening to these people kind of talk about Transformers like it's a good thing, and. um I was thinking to myself, I was like, why should I like Ahsoka other than just I watch it and it's a quality television program? Because in what way is it really linked to A New Hope? The, sh- the film that I fell in love with as a child. Do you know what I mean? In, in, in a real tangible way of Alec Guinness going, hello there. And, uh, you know, in them sort of Han Solo coming in at the last minute to sort of, you know, in what way is Ahsoka related to that really? Well, I mean, Ahsoka was trained by Anakin Skywalker, who was Darth Vader in A New Hope. Um, but, but like, but Darth Vader it, in The New Hope was just this implacable villain that they, was just they've scary. Got, like, Ray like, Stevenson plays this giant, implacable, sort of Sithy character. Um, and I like Ray Stevenson. I liked Rome. Remember Rome with Kevin McKidd? Ray, oh, Stevenson? See, Ray Stevenson just passed away recently, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Ray Stevenson is like the kind of main villain guy. Uh, He's like see. a kind of big, massive, burly Sith. Right, lightsaber wielding person, and he's very good. Really, the first episode was dedicated to Ray Stevenson. But, um, oh, I was thinking yeah. so because he's an excellent. He was an excellent actor. I loved yeah, Rome. Was. Rome was great. I yeah. loved Rome. So there I, you go. There's your reason. You like Ray there's Stevenson. my reason. Yeah, but it's it's like what watching um because I don't think have you what bothered to watch Secret Invasion? No, no, no. no. Which I, I did power, power through mainly because of Olivia Coleman and and Amelia Clark. Yeah. But then that's what I was sort of thinking to myself as I watched it is. I'm watching this because it's an Olivia Clark, sorry, Olivia Coleman and Amelia Clark show. Like, I have mm. no interest in this as a superhero thing. Like, no. why, why, you know, it's kind of like the, what's the Lord of the Rings series called? Rings of Power. Yeah. That's what it's called. Like, th- what connection really does that genuinely, because I enjoyed the, oops. Uh, because I <laughs> the series thank you, wanted, thank you, Siri. Uh, because I happen to enjoy the two towers. Mm. In two thousand and two, or whenever it was, why would I be interested in watching like all these kind of intellectual property things that were supposed to be all sold on? I'm just like, I mean, the Rings of Power. How does different that really because, work? Well, the Rings of Power is a lot of it's based on stuff from the similar. That's true. That's probably a very which I have read. Actually, there are parts of it that I'm like, oh, I like that. That's quite a nice, you know, imagining of that particular time. Mm. So there is there are things in it that as someone who's read other Tolkien stuff and not just seen one Peter Jackson film yeah um, there is maybe more to it but yeah I know I know what you mean I mean I I feel like the Marvel the Marvel stuff's definitely the last couple of Marvel films we've seen at the cinema have not been great yeah and I haven't watched the shows a couple of them are, have been all right and I, there's quite a few I've not watched I haven't watched obviously secret invasion. Mm-hmm. And Miss mm-hmm. Marvel, I didn't watch that either. No, I've not seen that. The, I made my way through the 
Falcon and Winter Soldier, or whatever they're called. It was okay, but you know, it was, it was, it was, it was all right. I think I liked that one because it wasn't really superheroes. It was more yeah, just was more kind, kind of, of like a yeah. spyish drama, if you like. Yeah. It was more a spy drama, and I was like, this has more probably in common with, um, oh, what's that? That great. What's the that um, slow horses? Slow horses. Thank you. Yeah. It's got probably more in common with slow horses than it does with mm. Iron Man three or whatever. Yeah. Do you know? And I think that um, that's kind of thing. Like that last weekend, I was a bit bored, and I was like, "Oh, I might go to the cinema this weekend." And I was kind of looking, and there was Blue Beetle there, yeah. and I was like, "Why would I want to watch Blue Beetle?" Like, oh, because it's a DC film. Mm. I'm like, but I have no idea who Blue Beetle is. I'm looking at the actors. I don't have any idea who those actors are. I hadn't heard of the director. And I'm just kind of thinking to myself, who is this for? Mm. And I'm beginning to think that. I mean, you know how I was talking about that a lot when we were talking about Indiana Jones. And I'm like, who is this being made for? Do you know, bizarrely, Indiana Jones is still screening four or five times a day at the showcase. Right now. Yeah. It's got long legs, I think. I think it's I went, better I than people you, thought. I went to see it again a couple of weeks ago. And you and I went to see it the week after it had opened. And it was... There weren't that many folk in the cinema. I went no. to see it with my mum and one of my children two weeks ago. And the cinema was absolutely... There was like two empty seats in the whole cinema. It was packed. Wow. And I just don't understand. But, you know, because there's been other films that have come out since then that are supposed to be, you know, massive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like it was. This is after Oppenheimer and Barbie had come out, and yeah, Indiana Jones was still. And it's. I was looking at what's on this week, and Indiana Jones is still showing four or five mm. times a day in the Audion, even though it's not wow. even summer holidays anymore. Wow, so, that is impressive. I think. I think that's the thing. If I was um, Tom Cruise in, Par- I think it's Paramount Pictures, I would because there's a writer strike going on now. Uh, next week, I would spend a load of advertising on Mission Impossible whatever it is, Dead Reckoning or whatever it's called, part one, and just re-release it again. Yeah. Because I'm sure that would find a really big audience now that Barbie and Oppenheimer have gone out the way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Be- because that talking about intellectual property and all that kind of thing and franchising is, you know what you're getting with a Mission Impossible film? That's it's got tough. a very clear DNA that connect, you know, like from one film to the next to the next, you know what you're getting. Whereas one of the things with all these, like the Marvel thing, like we both talk, I think, what, She-Hulk. That's what it's called. Yeah. Which was great. I really enjoyed it. But what was it doesn't share any DNA no. with almost any other Marvel product. No, it wasn't it anything that you and I enjoyed from that was not the Marvelness of it. It was just that it was like Ali McBeal. But yes. it just happened to be that one of them was a Hulk. <laughs> yeah, very much so. It was like Boston Legal Ali McBeal, but with a Hulk. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing is that, you know, they've spread themselves. And and to be fair, the Star Wars thing's a bit the same. Yeah. You know, although, I mean, Ahsoka might be different, not seen it. But one of the reasons I've not bothered with Obi-Wan is the only one I've watched because of the connection to childhood and being Ewan McGregor. But when I've started watching any of these Star Wars things, they're really bleak. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's fun. No, which, see, like, I would honest, say Ahsoka's, A New Hope was. Ahsoka's quite, Ahsoka is quite good fun. Yeah. It's, it's, well, it's, it's connected to a lot of the other. I mean, the guy that runs yeah, the show, that's Dave, the, thing. The, the reason that it does kind of connect, I think, is that Dave Filoni was basically, George Lucas picked him to be his new apprentice, his Padawan, if you will. His Padawan. <laughs> Doing that animated show, The Clone Wars. It was Dave Filoni oh, was the person he right. put in charge. So Dave Filoni has literally sat at the table with George Lucas for years, picking his brains. And this is the first live action thing that Dave, Bel- Dave Filoni has been given to do on his own. You know, he's worked with right. 
John Favreau doing the Mandalorian, what have you. But this, he writes this himself. He's the showrunner. He directs the first episode. The characters from the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels are all, a lot of them are things that he created. So, um, and even the music, the music actually feels more Star Warsy than any of the music we've had in any of the TV shows. I know you've not really watched, you've not watched The Mandalorian or Andor, but no. um, the guy that does the music, Kevin Kiner, did the music in The Clone Wars, which George Lucas was obviously mm-hmm. a part of. Um, it it feels more Star Warsy than right. most of the stuff we've had this century. And I think, that, yeah. And if I was to kind of make a what what we've all got, and I think because that maybe that's a really important point you're talking about is because often the people that will be making the Star Wars TV shows with um, including um, John Favreau and that as well is we all grew up sort of loving the New Hope, but being most influenced by the fact that the Empire Strikes Back took it on to another level. Yeah. that we hadn't thought about before. And we kind of all remember that, you know, just in our minds, we kind of think of Luke hanging, you know, just, you're not my father and all that. But in actual fact, there's an awful lot of fun in an Empire Strikes Back. It's not yeah. all bleakness. It's not all, you know, and the reason that it looks quite dirty and, and what's up, because that's the technology they had yeah. back then to make yeah. these things. It wasn't like um, that's, I just think that they've kind of got lost and made such dark things. And I'm like, it's not supposed to be dark. No. You know, I mean, but it's what, not the, thing, to... the thing I was thinking watching Ahsoka this week was that it looks really good. And it's like, it probably cost a fraction of what Attack of the Clones cost, but it, it just looks, it looks better. Mm. Even these kind of like futuristic cityscapes and the creatures they've got. I mean, it, it just looks better than a film that probably costs three or four times as much the budget to make. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot and, of that's to do with technology being better now as well. It is. But I think also, you know, I presume Ahsoka, does it still look like it's... Does it follow the... Interestingly, to ask, since Filoni um, is the main guy and he was at George Lucas's sort of... George Lucas's knee, is it filmed in the George Lucas green screen style or is it filmed in the JJ, we're going to make it look as real as possible style? I'd say it's more George than JJ. Right. In terms of its appearance. Even just the transitions and like the way he moves the camera, it feels more like George could have done it than JJ. Right. Which I quite like. But does the Filoni speak to his actors and give them a bit of direction or maybe say, maybe try that one again? No. The acting, because that's the thing, the acting, like Ray Stevenson is good. Rosario mm-hmm. Dawson is really good as Ahsoka. Um, right. And there's some other people around in it. I love Clancy Brown. It's the Kurgan. Oh, the Kurgan. David Tennant's in it. Oh, he's a robot, isn't he? He's like her main like sidekick, Soka sidekick, mm. and he just sounds like David Tennant because he he voiced <laughs> that and he voiced it in the Clone Wars. Ah, right, okay. So he plays this ancient, uh, this kind of droid that was around thousands of years ago, and he's he was like the lightsaber. He was basically like the Ollivander of like the Jedi. Like he oh, knew, right, okay. he knows who everybody's like lightsaber is. Like so, they they use him to like identify Ray Stevenson's lightsaber from this security cam footage. Oh wow! And he's a bit kind of like arsy and very David Tennanty. I just, it's, I, I really liked it. Really well, liked it. I'm quite looking forward to the next one. You've done very good job of selling it to me. I've got good. to be honest. Is I had no interest in watching it, but now I'm quite interested because I think it sounds like it's going to be fun. And what's also what I, my wife, my wife, um, <laughs> said to like Julie was sitting. She, she was kind of half watching it with me on Wednesday, and she was like, "I quite like the fact that like the lead woman." There's like three. Um... There's like three because it's like you've got Rosario Dawson playing Ahsoka. You've got these two female characters from Rebels. You've got Hera 
who's this green-skinned uh, person, and then you've got Sabine Wren, who's this Mandalorian funky uh, kind of chick. Um, right. But you've got Mary Elizabeth, who's Mary Elizabeth Winstead, you know, Hugh McGregor's wife, plays yes. Hera. So she's one of the main characters, and she's usually good in things as well. So oh, she's yeah. good. So uh, yeah, it's just I, I just I liked it. It was um, right. I don't I don't know if I was I think like you with Marvel and even probably with Star Wars a bit feeling that things have just kind of I just can't really be bored with it anymore. But no, I yeah. I really really like it. I mean, one of the things I would say, and it's just stirred my imagination. I was I was thinking when we started this conversation, I was kind of on a on a sort of path of saying, look, we just need to stop it all now. Just stop it all. Stop everything. I, I saw an article today about the next Marvel. The end of this Marvel phase will be in 2027. And I'm just like, oh, I just can't be bothered. Just, yeah, just end, end four it all years now. And, uh, years oh, God. Yeah, yeah, four years away. And I was just like, I cannot be bothered with that. However, you mentioned Clancy Brown. And one of the mm. things I'm forever confused by is the Highlander is almost 14, 40 years old. Yeah. I mean, how has that not been remade? I don't know. Do you know what we I mean? Watched, like, we watched it. It's on iPlayer just now. We watched it a couple of weeks ago. It's, it's a weird film. It's a it's a weirdly adult film that we all saw when we were party. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, was... there's like there's like there's like rape in it. It's like horrible. I mean, it's like it's, it's really violent. The Kurgan sexually assaults Christopher Lambert's wife. It's yes. like it's really violent as well, and it's just there's a lot of really dirty jokes in it. We watched it. Yeah. We're like, I can't believe I watched this when I was about twelve, and my mum and dad were okay with it. Oh yeah, it was very much the birth of the uh, the video shop, wasn't it? When mm-hmm. you could just get out anything, you could see yeah. whatever you wanted, um, and it was just yeah, it's uh, a brilliant, brilliant, um, a brilliant, brilliant film. Though it's weird, it's a bizarre it's brilliant. film. It's, it is. It's really enjoyable, and I mean, it's obviously dated in some ways, but yeah, it's on iPlayer right now. It's definitely worth just given an hour and a half to watch because that's the thing it's, it's probably only about 100 minutes long yeah there's another thing you notice about you know you go back to any film from like the mid 80s they were all around about 90 minutes to 100 minutes yeah that, that's something that I mean, and that's another mo- thing like the flash is like two and a half hours yeah all those marvel films now like mm. all of them i think i think maybe the ant-man and the wasp oh no the quantum mania thing whatever it's called clocked in at about two hours 12 two hours 15 something like that but even so you're like this is a comic book movie I know. Do you know what I mean? Let's roll it back. Let's roll it back. Yeah. I watched Dungeons and Dragons this week and I absolutely loved it. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's Hugh absolutely brilliant. Hugh Grant's amazing, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's he keeps complaining about his tea being too cold. And he says, like, <laughs> he goes to this this witch room. He's like, you could, you could do something like this and just sticks a finger in it. He's like, oh, I, I don't know you're going to stick your finger in it. I'll, uh, I'll, just, I'll just have it later when he puts it down. <laughs> really funny it's really good it's brilliant that Hugh Grant is just like I mean I hope at some point he goes back and does another romantic comedy just Mm -hmm. because he's a brilliant he's brilliant at that as well but I just love this sort of he's embracing it just embracing being a clown you know essentially you know the oh he's he's so good in that film and Chris Pine's really funny as well actually I think they work as a really good kind of double act yeah the old Uh, I mean like it's a good ensemble of that does that Justice, is Justice Smith, is that his name? Yeah, Justice He's Smith. He's really funny. I mean, they're just it's a it's a it's a really funny film. Yeah, it's a, but it's a good film. I mean, like it's a it's a well made, uh, well told adventure story. Like my yeah. son, who's my kids who are into Dungeons and Dragons, really liked it because there was lots of Easter eggs in it. Yes, but it was just I just it made me laugh all the way through, and most That's, of it was because of Hugh Grant. 
but it was just really funny. But Chris Pine was excellent at yeah, doing the Chris Piney things. And, yeah. and, and Michelle Rodriguez, Michelle, is it Michelle? Yeah, she's good. Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez is really good too. And that Rene, whatever he's called, Rene Page. The guy from Bridgerton. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's um, you know, he was good at he's being that very pompous. the straight man, but he's very yeah. funny as well. Um, yeah. So so it's an excellent ensemble. I mean, again, this seems to be a running theme with, with the films that both you and I have sort of liked this year, if we've seen them, um, you know, indie being one of them, is um, not done as well as they should have done. Well, and so you worry that, well, with indie, I'm fine with them not being another one. But apparently there might not be another one of these films. And I'm like, I'd like no. to see these people. I mean, obviously you wouldn't get Hugh Grant again, but I'd like to see these people again. Uh, definitely. You know. We probably uh, won't. But, uh, but one thing, I'd, I presume you haven't started watching Oldie Murders in the Building yet. I'm still. Oh, I know. I keep. I, I mean, I love Holy Murders. And I don't know why, but I, I, I get a couple of episodes and I just, I'm like a moth. I'm easily distracted by other bright, mm. shiny things. There's, there's, there's too many other things. Um, That's true. But I, I need but to sit down and commit to it. Because you've got Paul Rudd in season three, man. I know. He's your favorite person in the world. I know. I know. I know. I know. I'll give it a go. But anyway, I, I think what we've proven here is my original statement of uh, good TV is back, which is what I said at the start of this podcast. And then we're like, Fair is enough. it? And we've managed to get a good, what, 20 odd minutes just of That's talking about bad. good television? We've learned a lot. We have learned a lot. There's something uh, else I learned last week is that my on. wife, Julie, uh-huh. um, I just found, I don't know, this made me think about it differently this week. Um, <laughs> I'm she, a bit concerned where we're going. She with thought. This that the I was listening to our blended mix that you and I have in Spotify. Oh yes. Right, which is great. And right. if people haven't done this, do it. Blend with your friends because you yeah. sometimes you like might you might pick up a new song or you might just be like, oh I don't have that in my library. I'm gonna add that to my library. Yes. But um I was listening to Professional Widow, the remix of oh, yes. not the original version I oh, that's no. rubbish. Um, I remember buying the album of that and being like, oh, this, this isn't as good as the version that was in the charts. <laughs> and then she re-released the album with the remix at the end. Anyway, that was playing um, over the speaker system in our house. Uh-huh. And Julie told me that she thought Tori Amos was singing the words, Harvey's bringing it up tonight. You know when she says, <laughs> honey, bring yourself to my lips? Yes. She'd always thought he'd said, Harvey's bringing it up tonight. Harvey's bringing it up tonight. Harvey's bringing it up tonight. <laughs> And then once once she said that, I was listening. I was like, I can kind of hear that. Yes, Harvey's bringing it up tonight. Yeah, I mean, when you get these lyrics, that you suddenly um, like, there's a lyric from because um, speaking of the, I can't remember. There's a lyric in, in Rock Sets that must have been love that um, I still get wrong every time, and I can't quite remember what it is now, obviously, because I get it wrong every time. But um, it's something about I always think it's muddy water. And it's really not muddy water. It's something about being in love or something like that. And I'm thinking it's about muddy water. But uh, but yeah, uh, we just grow up thinking these things, don't we? Well, because back in the this was in the nineties, I suppose. But like yeah. back in the mid nineties, we didn't have Spotify telling us the lyrics when we were listening to it. Yeah, no, we didn't. We just had to go with our guts. I mean, we were probably listening to the CD of the, like the, the Ministry Annual Volume Two that had that on it. <laughs> I mean, I never had the Ministry album in volume No, two, I didn't but, either, know. but one of my friends did. We used to play uh, in the car quite a lot. Um, I had, had I'm Alive. Was that Chase and Status that did that? Oh, probably, yeah. That's a great song. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, yeah, anyway, listener, we said we would keep this quite close, short to 20, 20 minutes, so I'm just yeah, going to... 
Go Harvey's on. bringing it up tonight, so yeah. Harvey's bringing it up tonight. I was going to say one that actually does sound more like the lyrics than what you said they were. And now, you've, now you've said it a few she times. She says, "Honey, bring yourself, honey, bring yourself to my lips." Yeah, but I think the Harvey's bringing it up tonight is better. Harvey is bringing it up tonight is better. And it's um, got to be big. It's got to be big. The last thing I'm going to say is I I mentioned to you a few weeks ago. There's a a podcast um, currently that you can listen to called Think Twice, which is about Michael Jackson. Oh, uh, I and listened to that, yeah. No, it's well worth listening to. It's up to, if you don't pay the subscription, I think it's up to episode six or something. All, I don't of, them are, all of them are on Audible. Yeah, which I don't have. So I'm just listening to them a week at a time when they come out. Mm. And uh, this one, episode six, which is where it's up to, is is basically Michael Jackson and around about 82 to 83. It's the thriller era, basically. Nice. Uh, and it talks about... Um, the Motown 25 celebration where he pulled out the moonwalk for the first time. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the kind of, and I w- went back last night and watched his, his performance of Billie Jean um, at that celebration. And oh my goodness, however many years on, you know, watching it again, and you're just like, that is the greatest thing of music I have ever seen. Because Billie Jean could well, should be certainly in the top 10 greatest songs of all time. Even yeah. if it's not your favorite, you think about it, and it's like, yeah, it probably is one of the 10 greatest songs of all time. And then he does that dance routine with it. And you're like, yeah. So anybody this week, if you don't have enough of all that television we've just talked about, very much make sure you watch Motown 25. Right. It'll be well worth your watching. Good recommendation. Yeah. Anyway, do you have any more recommendations just lastly to leave the listener with? And a Widow by Tori Amos. Oh, Professional Great song. <laughs> Great song. Obviously the, um, is it? Soka. Pod? Ahsoka, so, so which, oh, which mix is it? Oh, Ted Todd Terry Ted, mix. Todd, Todd Terry. Ted Terry, Todd Ferguson, Ted. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Todd Terry mix, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, you've yeah. got to make sure you listen to the right mix, else it's very bad. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, right, we will say farewell, listener, and we'll be back... Um, three months from now probably (laughs) but um, I'm sure you won't be able to wait for that but anyway take care of yourselves Bye. bye